Bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratty. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, April 22nd, 2014. This week, I'll begin by giving you a brief update on the status of extenders discussions back in Washington, D.C. I'll also discuss a new bill that would extend the new market tax credit program for one year, as well as extend a provision that would allow military families to continue to exclude their basic housing allowance from their income when they apply for low-income housing tax credit funded units. In this week's New Markets Tax Credit section, I discuss the New Markets Tax Credit Working Group's recent activities and invite listeners to contribute to the latest discussions. In our low-income housing tax credit segment, I'll discuss a bill that would create a renter's tax credit for affordable housing property owners and lenders, as well as a proposal that could direct upwards of $1 billion to affordable housing near public transportation. Additionally, I have a special announcement about Novogratz and Company's newest special report. In our historic tax credit discussion, I'll share some unexpected news about the revival of legislation to extend Mississippi's historic tax credit. And finally, in renewable energy tax credit news, I'll alert listeners to proposed extensions of the production tax credit and investment tax credit. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, we begin with a brief update on extenders. Congress is out of session this week and will return next week. As you'll recall, before leaving for state and district work periods, the Senate Finance Committee passed an extenders bill, and we're now awaiting word as to when the bill might be considered by the full Senate. On the House side, we're awaiting scheduling decisions by Chairman Camp regarding future hearings on various tax extender and tax reform matters. Overall, most commentators still believe that an extenders bill isn't likely to be enacted until after the November elections. In other news, on April 10th, Representative Castro, a Texas Democrat, introduced a bill that would extend eight expired tax incentive programs. Included in the list of eight provisions are two of note to the tax credit community. First, the bill would extend the new market tax credit program until the end of 2014. And second, the bill would allow military personnel and their families to continue excluding their basic housing allowance when calculating their income for low-income housing tax credit unit eligibility. Up until January 1 of this year, as you likely already know, members of the military and their families could exclude their housing allowance when determining eligibility for low-income housing tax credit housing in counties with their adjacent to qualifying military installations. This bill would reinstate that exclusion through January 1, 2015. In a press release, Congressman Castro called the bill a job retention bill that would spur economic growth and help veterans. He added that he wanted the bill passed before the end of the year. At the time of this recording, the bill had been sent to the House Ways and Means Committee. If you'd like to read a copy of H.R. 4469, entitled 
the Cut Taxes for the Middle Class Act of 2014, go to www.novaco.com and click on the Hot Topics page. Now, this bill isn't expected to become law in and of itself, but it's nice to see the ongoing support the new market tax credit has, as well as the low-income housing tax credit has. In new markets tax credit news, I'd like to talk a little bit about the New Markets Tax Credit Working Group. The NMTC Working Group works to resolve technical, regulatory, and administrative NMTC program issues, as well as provide recommendations to make the New Market Tax Credit even more efficient in delivering benefits to qualified active low-income community businesses. While you may know that the NMTC Working Group welcomes new members throughout the year, you may not know that the NMTC Working Group also considers input from non-members when drafting comment letters. In our last call, we discussed short-term bridge loans as they relate to operating business financing, a recent Urban Institute report on the New Market Tax Credit and the Manufacturing Communities Tax Credit Amendment that was recently added to the EXPIRE Act. Now, if you're interested in participating as a member, there is still time to join the group before our next conference call on Tuesday, May 13th. Or, if you're not a member, but you would like to submit comments for the group's consideration, simply go to www.nmtcworkinggroup.com and click on the link that says Public Input. Now, let's turn to low-income housing tax credit news. A bill was introduced in the House earlier this month to create a new renter's tax credit. Under the program, qualified low-income renters would pay no more than 30% of their household income for rent. State housing agencies would pay the remaining balance as a tax credit directly to the property owner or lender. Rents would be limited to fair market rents set by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development or by state agencies. If enacted, the bill would be effective for taxable years beginning in 2015. The bill is in the House Ways and Means Committee at the time of this recording. Now I should note that Representative Charlie Rangel, author of the Logmuzzing Tax Credit, introduced the bill. And, as introduced, the renter's tax credit bill appears to have no direct effect on the low-income housing tax credit. Now, I'll keep you updated on this bill in future podcasts and via my Twitter account. You can find a copy of House Bill 4479, also known as the Renters Tax Credit Act of 2014, at www.taxcredithousing.com. For more information about the proposed credit, please contact my colleague Peter Lawrence at peter.lawrence at novaco.com. Next, we have state-level news. A new proposal in California could direct billions of dollars to affordable housing in the next few years, thanks to the state's cap-and-trade program. California's cap-and-trade program regulates greenhouse gas emissions in the state. California caps the amount of greenhouse gas emissions it allows manufacturers to generate each year. This means businesses need to buy permits to produce greenhouse gas emissions. Sales of these permits generate revenue for the state. Last week, Senate President Pro Tem, Daryl Steinberg, proposed to set aside at least 20% of cap-and-trade revenues to fund transit-oriented affordable housing. He included the proposal in a long-term investment strategy for cap-and-trade revenue that he released on April 11th. In that document, he assumed that cap-and-trade could generate revenues of $5 billion annually. That would mean upwards of $1 billion specifically earmarked for affordable housing. Senator Steinberg said that low-income communities are unfairly burdened by excessive air pollution. 
Building affordable housing near mass transit stops could mean fewer cars on the road and better air quality in the long term. The proposal already has many supporters, including the California Housing Consortium. The statewide advocacy group said that the funding could help fill a funding gap left when California redevelopment agencies were dissolved back in 2012. If you have any questions about this proposal, please contact my partner Jim Kroger in our San Francisco office at 415-356-8000. Finally, in local housing tax credit news, I'd like to tell you about a special report that Novogratz and Company is releasing today. It's called Valuation of General Partner Interests and Analytical Framework. This special report explores issues pertaining to the transfer of general partner interests and how such interests are valued. More particularly, the report features a methodology for valuing GP interests that is based on a survey of market participants. If you'd like a copy of the report, please go to www.novaco.com products. In historic tax credit news, I'd like to talk about a bill out of Mississippi that would extend the state's historic rehabilitation tax credit. As regular listeners will recall, I mentioned a few weeks ago that legislators in Mississippi have been trying to extend the state's historic tax credit. At the time of this recording, the credit is set to expire on December 31, 2014, the end of this year. A bill to extend the credit past the end of this year died in the Senate Finance Committee on March 4th. That bill, HB 1436, would have extended the historic tax credit until the end of 2029. When that bill died in committee, most advocates thought that a credit extension would not happen this year. That's because a new bill cannot be introduced at this point in the legislative session. So the extension would need to be attached to an existing bill. And there were no related bills in committee. However, in an unusual move, an extension of the historic tax credit was recently tacked on to an unrelated bill. Under House Bill 787, the historic tax credit would be extended until December 31, 2017. This amended bill passed both the House and the Senate, and it was sent to Governor Phil Bryant on April 8th, and it currently awaits his signature. Governor Bryant has until this Friday to sign the bill into law. If you'd like to read the bill or see new historic tax credit legislation from other states, go to www.historictaxcredits.com. Or, if you have specific questions, please call my partner Tom Bosha in our Cleveland, Ohio office. He can be reached at 216-298-9000. In renewable energy tax credit news, I want to expand on a topic that I mentioned at the end of last week's podcast. As I mentioned last week, Representative Zoe Lofgren and Doris Matsui, both California Democrats, recently introduced legislation that would extend the investment tax credit and the production tax credit. Now, the investment tax credit for solar energy developments, geothermal heat pumps, and combined heat and power facilities would be extended until January 1, 2023. The investment tax credit for fuel cell, microturbine, and small wind developments would be extended similarly until December 31, 2022. And the investment tax credit for offshore wind facilities would be extended until January 1, 2021. I also note the production tax credit itself would be extended until December 31, 2023. At the time of this recording, H.R. 4426, the Clean Energy Victory Bond Act of 2014, had been referred to the House Committees on Ways and Means and Energy and Commerce.
To read H.R. 4426, go to www.energytaxcredits.com. And if you have specific questions about the bill, I encourage you to contact my partner, Stephen Tracy, in our San Francisco, California office. He can be reached at 415-356-8000. And I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you before I go, this week, Novogratz is holding its Financing Renewable Energy Conference here in San Francisco. The conference starts on Thursday, and there is time to register, and we have some workshop sessions on Wednesday. To register, go to www.novaco.com events. I hope to see you there. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik & Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.